In the last days, Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That comes from the book of Joel. The Lord's promise of his spirit. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Go back with me. First Samuel. These are the days before the Holy Spirit came upon everyone who called upon the name of the Lord. When David had been anointed king, God gave him the task of moving the ark to Jerusalem. I don't have all these scriptures up here today. He just kind of dropped some of these on me right now. I just want to read them to you. You can just sit and you can listen and you can just take in what he's got for you today. Then David, again, gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all. He led them to Bela of Judah to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart, and they brought it from Abinadab's house, which was on a hill. Uzzah and Ahio, Ahinabab's sons, were guiding the cart as it left the house, carrying the ark of the ark of God, his presence. Ahio walked in front of the ark. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. I only know about half of those, what those are. I've never heard of a castanet. Andrew, you know about castanets? I don't know. We're not going to add those to the band anytime soon. <laughs> But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and Uzzah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him dead because of this. I always thought that was a, a crazy story. They were doing a good thing. They were bringing the ark to where it was supposed to be. But they didn't do it the right way. God had given them specific directions on how to move the ark. And, and they took the lazy man's route. Instead of carrying it by hand with these poles, they put it on a cart. And they were careless in how they moved it. They were careless with the word of God, with his instructions. And death came because of that. Are we careless today with God's word that he's given us? So 
Sometimes when death or sickness comes, we just excuse it away and just say, well, just, that's just this fallen world. That's the nature of the world we live in. But how much of it, if we would sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit and begin to listen and discern his voice, would we find that the truth is we haven't listened and been obedient to his word in an area of our life. There's an area of our life that we've held back and said, no, 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 God can have all of me except this. This area right here, this is mine. This is my room. We, we've been talking these past few weeks about the house. Jesus refers in the Gospels to the human body as a house or a temple, as it's referred to by Paul in Corinthians. We are a temple of the living God. We are a house. But sometimes we put God in a small room within us, and we only open that door and go in on Sundays. And every other day of the week, we live in every other room of that house, and we've separated ourselves into pieces, separate pieces within us. And we say, this piece is for Friday night when I'm with this group, with these people. This piece right here is when I'm with my coworkers Monday through Friday, and this is how I act, and this is how I speak, and I wouldn't make any of these jokes around the people that I'm with on Sunday when I open the Holy Spirit's door, and, I, and I'm with him, and I'm worshiping, and I'm praising him. No, 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 I wouldn't say any of these things because they're unholy. And this piece over here, this is when I just want to sit and I just want to, I want to decompress. And I just want to be alone and relax after a hard day. The kids have stressed me out. Work has stressed me out. My relationship has stressed me out. And I just need to forget about the world right here, right now. And so I go to this room and I just turn on the TV. I turn on the movie. I turn on whatever I want to just turn my brain off. And I fill my soul with junk with lies from the enemy. I fill my soul with the things of this world instead of the things of his word. And we separate ourselves out into these pieces. Psalm 7-2. Lest like a lion they tear my soul apart. This is a Psalm of David. This is him describing his enemies. Lest like a lion they tear my soul apart. Rending it in pieces with none to deliver. Scripture even gives us this picture, this image of our soul being torn into pieces, into different parts by the enemy, compartmentalizing different areas within us. Instead of being a house, a temple for the Holy Spirit and letting him have the keys to the entire house, we've said, no, 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 you get this room, here you go, you know, that's it, you just kind of stay up there, you can come out of that room on Sundays and we'll hang out. But every other day of the week, I don't want you to know what else is going on inside this house. You don't need to know what I'm doing on Friday. You don't need to know what I'm doing on Saturday. You don't need to know what I'm doing every other night when nobody else is around or every other morning when I'm waking up. I don't want you to know these pieces of me, the things that I do, the things that I speak, the words that I say, the things that I watch. You don't need to know those pieces, and so those pieces are for me, and we tear into pieces the soul he's placed within us. The soul is where the mind resides. The spirit, when you give your life to Jesus, when you are baptized, when you say he is Lord and Savior, and you are filled with his Holy Spirit, your spirit is joined with his spirit. 
So within you, you carry the righteousness of God. Each and every one of us, we carry the righteousness of God. We carry the mind of God. We carry the same Holy Spirit, the power that raised Christ from the dead, that resides within each of us. But we live, we live like the rest of the world. We live powerless. Beginning to walk in submission and surrender to the Holy Spirit in every area of our lives and handing over to him every key within us to every other room that we've tried to keep locked from him will begin to release his power within us. Did you just feel that? I just felt that release within myself. You might have just felt that right there. That's the Holy Spirit right there. He is speaking and moving. He wants to unlock something within you today. There's a piece of you, a part of you that you've torn off, that the enemy has torn off and said, no, 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 you have to hide this from God. You have to hide this from the church. You have to hide this from your community because they can't know what you deal with. They can't know that you struggle. Let me let you in on something. Everyone in here struggles. Everyone in here sins. Everyone in here has been demonized, attacked by the enemy at one point or another or is currently being attacked by the enemy. And the enemy is trying to get a place, a foothold in our lives constantly. Some of us, he's gotten a place. And in Corinthians, Paul talks about he will build a stronghold. But we can tear those strongholds down when we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. There is a war going on within us, a war in the mind. The enemy is whispering lies to us constantly, but we can take those thoughts captive. That is war language in the Greek, and we can make them submit and be obedient to Christ in the name of Jesus. Right now, right now, here in this room, let me just, let me just pray this prayer. God, right now in this room, Father, we bind every spirit that is trying to speak lies to us. We bind these spirits in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that is trying to block the truth of your word from us, the truth being spoken from Scripture, we bind them in the name of Jesus and we cast them out into the abyss. We bind them so that we may only hear your truth and we may submit and surrender and sit in your presence today and be changed, transformed by the renewing of our minds. We submit everything we are, every room, we give you every key here today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come into agreement with that. Amen. We're com- when we say amen, we're coming into agreement with the word of God. That we want to be free that we want to walk in freedom, that we don't have to live the way we've lived our entire lives. He wants to set people free. That's what he came to do, to set the captives free. Lest like a lion, they tear my soul apart. He came to heal every tear. He came to heal the house. We are temples of the Holy Spirit living within us us. We are his house where he resides. Luke 10, 38 through 42. My guy doing slides today. You know what I'm doing right here. I, 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 I write this stuff out ahead of time and I, and I have like a plan and some of you guys are like, I wonder how he writes a sermon. It, it's different every week, all right? Today I wrote this sermon and I, I just skipped all the way to my last scripture and now I'm going backwards. 
You with me, Scott? <laughs> Sorry, man. This is what, he's just dropping it on me right now, all right? We're going to work backwards through this. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I, I'm just like a little dyslexic or something. Like, it's just like, it's coming in different. Luke 10, 38 through 42. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Y'all, you ever known a Martha in your life? Like, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair? Like, look at everything I'm doing. Look how good I am. Look at all the ways I'm serving people. Y'all know a Martha. Some of you are like, Martha's sitting right next to me. Don't look, all right? Don't look. You could get in trouble, all right? Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? What a martyr. Martha was a martyr. Tell her to come and help me. And we all want that, right? There's so many people in our lives that we want Jesus to just give a word to. We want Jesus to just be like, rebuke them, rebuke them. And he's saying, mm, look in before you look out. That's what Jesus says to us. He says, look in before you begin to look out. We have to look inward before we look outward. It's easy to look at those around us and say, I want to change that about them. I want to change this. I don't like anything about what they're doing right now, and I can change them. And the Lord is saying, let me change you. Let me change you. I'm going to heal you, and I'm going to restore your house. And because of that, then the living waters are going to flow easy. All these rooms that we build within the house, they're dams. They're dams to the Holy Spirit. They're damming up the Holy Spirit in our lives and keeping his living waters from running through and out to those around us. When we begin to break down those walls, the water begins to flow because we are, we're stepping into alignment with his word. And his word is bringing healing to our lives. And it is releasing the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And so now, everywhere you go, every conversation you have, every relationship in your life, all of a sudden, you are carrying his presence more freely flowing than it's ever been before. And all of a sudden, the living waters... They're going to reach out to those around you that at one time you looked at and you said, I need to fix them. I need to do something. I, I, I got to change them. No, no, no. You just need to carry his presence in obedience to him. And the living waters are going to bring life to those around you. Some of you are here today because there's somebody in this room that you began to see a difference in. You begin to see something is going on. I don't know what's going on, but they're different. They're changed. They're not the same person I married. They're not the same friend I've known all my life. They're not the same sibling anymore. Something is going on, and I need to know what's happening within them. The living waters are flowing as we break down every dam within us. Let him flow, and all of a sudden, that's going to transform and bring life to those around you. Amen. Love it, bro. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, church. Thanks, man. You're helping me preach today, baby. Come on. Church, you can help, all right? If you're like, man, the Lord's got something here for us, let's go. Let's do this together. I love that word Lenny brought to us today during worship, by the way. Thank you for bringing that word. That's all this is. It's coming into alignment and obedience with his word. When he gives us a word, we share it and we speak it in obedience to him. And we bring glory to him by being obedient. But the Lord said to her, 
My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. How many times do the scriptures say, do not worry, do not be anxious? Over and over, this theme goes throughout scripture. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. I love this word of Jesus because I am not a detail guy. That ain't me. That's not my gifting. Details are important. Like we need them. We need those people, those type A's that are wired that way to think that way. Those things are good. But don't let them worry you. Don't let them upset you. Don't let them be the driving force in your life. You are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one, one singular, one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. This verse hit me today, and that word worry popped out this morning. I'm not, like, God just wakes me up a lot at like 4 a.m., and he just puts a verse on me and says, look at this. I'm like, you couldn't wait till six? He doesn't care about my alarm. And I'm like, I, I was not going to preach on this verse today, but he told me, look at this. And, and I went there, and he highlighted this word, worried. And I, I went and looked it up. And, and it just means, you know, in, in the basic Greek, it means to be anxious or to care for. But if you start to look deeper to how it was used in the Greek language, how they got to this point of anxiety or worry, what it truly meant, at the most basic sense of the word was to be drawn in opposite directions, divided into parts. Divided into parts to go into pieces. Worry cuts our soul into pieces. Jesus has known this. He's been putting it into Scripture from the very beginning. When you go all the way back to Psalms, our soul can be cut into pieces. Worry and anxiety will stretch us to the point where we break into little pieces, into little rooms. This is where I worry. This is where I stress. This is where I live when I'm in fear. This is where I, I live when I'm in anxiety. And, and in all these rooms, we have ways that we cope. And the ways that we cope, that, that, that's what we call sin. There's so many things that become sin in our lives because we don't know how to deal with each and every one of these rooms that we've compartmentalized within ourselves. We don't know how to deal with the fear. We don't know how to deal with the worry. We don't know how to deal with the stress that we're under because nobody taught us, because nobody showed us. And so we go to these rooms, and we go to every room except the room where we've locked the Holy Spirit away. And what is Jesus saying? Do not worry. Do not be divided into these parts. Do not go into these parts. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. God's presence within us. When you are worried, when you are anxious, when you feel, feel fearful, the enemy uses those moments to try and say, hey, just come over here to this room. Just do that coping mechanism that makes you feel better. 
alcohol, drugs, TV, movies. Some of these things you're like, oh, TV and movies, that's not a sin. You're right, it's not a sin, but it becomes a sin when it becomes an idol and it becomes something that we worship and we go to before we go to the Father. There's a lot of good things that are not listed as sin in Scripture, but when we put them before Him and His presence, they become sin, they become idols. Don't go to these other rooms. Go to him. That's what he's saying here. Don't let this world, this enemy, split you into pieces. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. I'm just going to keep working backwards, Scott. I'm going all the way through, man. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. When we don't learn how to sit in his presence, to practice relationship with him, to be intentional in making him one in our life. If our house is empty, spirits, demons, the unseen realm, however you want to say it, they will come and they will attack and they will make a room within us again. You might have a moment where you figure it out and you, and you know, like when you first give your life to Jesus, you're like, yes, I, I'm going to give my life to Jesus and he's going to fix everything. Like that, that's going to be it. After this, I'll, I'll never sin. I'll never struggle again. I, I remember thinking that in, in my head as a kid, thinking like, that's what's going to happen in my life. Like when I got into the waters of baptism as a young kid, I thought, I will never struggle. I will never have another problem. I will never sin and I'll be good all the way till I get to heaven. It, it didn't work out like that. All right, spoiler, it, it didn't work like that. And a lot of you are in here today and you're thinking, yeah, amen. I know it hasn't worked like that. This is where you're gonna be like, this is a weird church. If you haven't already been like that already. We, we just really believe the Holy Spirit is still speaking and moving and we go to his word and we discern truth from the world, from the lies of the world. That first verse I read to you, that the Holy Spirit will drop upon his people. He will pour out his spirit, spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. There's a lot of different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He can speak inwardly. He can speak in an audible voice. He can speak through images that he brings to our mind. There's so many different ways that the Holy Spirit can speak and move in this world. And over these past couple years since beginning revival, I, I, I've seen a lot of these different ways. He's shown me some of these different ways that he wants to speak to his people. And one of the first things I started to do was just to sit in silence and listen for his voice. And I would just ask him simple questions. One of the simple questions I asked him when we first started the church was on Sunday nights in my previous ministry, when I would unwind at the end of the day, I would sit down, everybody was in bed, and I just wanted to relax and turn my brain off and watch something funny. And I, I remember, you know, my thing, I would always do this during ministry. Uh, you know, here's my sin, my confession. I would watch Family Guy, all right? I know, I, I repent, I repent, all right? 
not a good, uh, uplifting, holy show. But I would sit there and I would watch that. And I remember when we first started the church, I, I just wanted to start, you know, somebody told me, just start asking simple questions to the Holy Spirit and see what he says. See what he, he brings up to you from within. And so I remember sitting down one night and I was going to watch and I just asked, you know, I was testing this out. I was kind of skeptical. I was like, whatever, the Holy Spirit, you know, I, he doesn't really speak to us. And I asked him, okay, Lord, can I watch Family Guy tonight like I usually do? And very clearly, no came up. Like very clearly, it was very loud and clear. I heard in my spirit, no, no. It's sin, and it's a door to demons. It's a door to evil in your life. When you open up Family Guy, it leads you down other paths eventually. If you keep opening this door, demons will not only get a place in your life, they won't, e they won't only get a foothold in your life, they will build a stronghold in your life. Shut the door. And so I began to shut that door in my life, and I began to see all the, all the things I struggled with before. When I shut that door, it didn't even give them a chance to get into the house and get a foothold anymore. It was a doorway to the demonic. That's what it was for me. And so for you, as you're sitting here and you're listening and you're trying to figure out, how do I hear the Holy Spirit? Ask him today when you go home and when you can have a moment of silence or in this last song of worship, when we begin to worship, listen to his voice and ask him, what's the door you want me to close today? And he very clearly is gonna bring something up from within you, within your spirit. And he's gonna speak it loud and clear. He's gonna say, you need to cut off this show, these movies, this music. I don't know if you watched the Grammys last week. They're very clearly telling us these are doors to the demonic. I don't know if you've seen that going around, the Sam Smith music video, Unholy. They're worshiping demons when they do this. They're opening a doorway to the demonic, but they play it off like it's all theater, like it's all show. No, no, no. The music, the movies, the TV, everything we take in, it can be a doorway to the demonic. We have to be wise and discerning. Jesus tells us that. He says to be innocent as doves and shrewd as serpents, to think like the serpent does, to understand how the serpent works, to understand the inner workings and strategies of the evil one. Because that's what he has. He has strategies. He has schemes for how he attacks us. So today during worship, sit there and ask him, what is that door that I've been opening in my life? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something where the Holy Spirit's saying today, you need to cut that off. You need to close that door because every time you go back to that person, it drags you away from me. It pulls you further from me. What are those doors that the enemy keeps using in your life to get a foothold and that he is trying to build a stronghold within you? Close those doors today. Worship team, you better come up. We're going to close it out here. I could go all day, but we got baby dedications. I'm going to go a little bit longer, though. One of the other ways he speaks is through dreams. And so I, I asked him this past year, I, I, I'll just sit with him, and I'll, I'll just have these conversations. I said, dreams sound great. 
like, uh, Holy Spirit, would you begin to show me what it's like to receive revelation from you in dreams, to, to receive uh, words or explanations from you about your scripture through a dream? And I, I, sometimes I pray these prayers, and I don't really know what to expect. I don't, you know, sometimes I, I struggle with unbelief. I struggle with doubt, and I, I didn't really think he was going to give me dreams. This past year, he's given me three and now four dreams that I knew were from him. Because right away when I woke up each time, he had given me a command to go and do something. And I knew it was from him because they were all things I didn't necessarily want to do. They were hard conversations I needed to have. They were difficult things. But this week, I've been meditating on this verse in Ephesians. And I've just been thinking over and over on this verse. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies. Strategies or schemes of the devil. That's what we need to understand. The, the devil, the enemy, the demonic, they have strategies and schemes. And, and so all week that verse had been running through my mind because we have this young adult group that meets on Sunday nights and we were going through Ephesians. And I, I saw that verse and it just popped off the screen to me. Like he highlighted it just for me to start thinking about that word. What does it mean, schemes and strategies? And then on Thursday I, I woke up once again, 4, 4 a.m., this is our regular time together, me and him. And I woke up with this dream, and there's a lot of times in life when you have a dream and you lose it right away. But for me, these dreams that I know he gave me from him to explain something or to show me something, they've hung with me, they've stuck with me, and I've been able to think through them and process through them. It's like going from the old standard TV to HD or to 4K. That's what these dreams are in. They're in 4K. And I'm in this house in this dream. And I'm looking around, it's this beautiful house. It's huge, and it's really open. There's windows everywhere, and I can see the front door almost right there, right there where that big window is in the back of this room. Go ahead, you can look. I'll give you permission. You can look back there. You're like, everybody's looking at me. Look right there. Look at those windows right there. Oh, you're good, Dina. And I'm in the back of the house near the back deck, and there's this huge wraparound porch that goes all around this place. There's wood floors, and there's, and there's furniture everywhere, and there's, you know, just antique furniture, wood furniture, new furniture, nice things within this house. And I'm looking around, I'm like, this is a beautiful house. And all of a sudden, I see two figures at the front door, and we're about this far away, me to that window right there. And in, these, in these, this dream, they are, I mean, this is full tactical gear. They got body armor, they got masks, they got guns. I mean, they are geared up like they are an assault squad. And I'm standing there in my jeans and t-shirt, and I'm like, oh, this is bad. And all of a sudden, this girl comes running up, and she throws me a toolbox. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> a toolbox, and she's gone. Like, I don't know where she went. She's gone. And all of a sudden, these guys, these enemies from across the hall in this home, in this house, they begin to open fire. They begin to shoot. And I drop down behind this chair, and I open up the toolbox, and I grab whatever I can out of it. And it's a nail gun. It's one of those really powerful nail guns. And I just start spraying nails. I mean, I'm just spraying nails. But all I'm doing, I'm just going for center mass. I'm just trying to hit center mass. That's it. I'm not a very good shot. I've never shot a nail gun before. 
I'm just shooting, 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 and I'm loading, but they're not going down. And I just go, and it feels like for hours, like I just keep reloading and shooting, reloading and shooting. And finally, there's a break in the shooting, and I don't know where they've gone, but, but I don't see them on the main floor anymore. I think they've gone upstairs to another room. And I walk over to the corner of this house, and there's this group of people there. And they're just standing there, and one of them hands me, I don't know who these people are, one of them hands me a big bucket of nails because I'm out. I sprayed all my nails. They're gone. I got nothing left. He hands me a big bucket of nails, and he says one word, aim. Aim. If I would have shot for the knees, if I would have shot for the head, that enemy would have gone down, but I just kept shooting randomly, spraying across where they were protected. The enemy has strategies and schemes and ways that he has planned and coordinated with the forces of darkness in this world on how to attack us, how to get a place in our lives, each and every one of us as individuals. Each and every one of us, he has enemies that he has set in place to attack each and every one of us to take us down. And he has schemes and strategies and most of us within the church, all somebody ever did was just throw us a toolbox. Here you go. Here's your toolbox right here. Somebody threw us a toolbox and said, good luck. Good luck. That's it. And so we just started spraying randomly, and we didn't know what to do. And it felt like the enemy still had a foothold, still had a stronghold, and we could not break that hold in our lives. But right now I'm telling you, if you take aim, if you ask the Holy Spirit to take aim in your life and begin to target these rooms, to target these areas, some of you, you're with me right here. You know it. You know it, church. If you take aim and you go after the way he has chosen to attack you, you're going to find freedom like you never knew was possible. You're going to find freedom from every stronghold. He's going to release from you as you attack it in your life in the name of Jesus. Let's stand up, church. Let's stand up. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Read it all in its fullness here. A final word. Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you might be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We're fighting these powers. But let me tell you something. They kept shooting at me. They couldn't hit me because of the blood of Jesus. They can't hit us because of the blood of Jesus. So now it's time to take a moment and to take our time and to sit with the Holy Spirit and to take aim at the enemy and where he's gotten a place in our lives. And we're going to do it in this moment of worship right here. If you want to get free today, let's get free. Don't let it sit in the dark anymore. Don't keep that room locked. Get specific with where the enemy has gotten a stronghold in your life and confess it. Bring it out into the light because he has no power in the light. He flees in the presence of the light. He is good. Let's take aim at the enemy today, church.